Hi, I'm Zan, and this is Here at U Calgary, a podcast series where we'll talk to various people around the University of Calgary campus and learn about who they are. We'll discuss what research they're working on, why they chose University of Calgary, and general stories about lives on campus. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Here at U Calgary. I'm your host, Zan Risby, and our guest today is Leah Homan, a PhD candidate in the Department of Microbiology, Immunology, and Infectious Diseases, immunology stream at the Cummings School of Medicine. Welcome to the show, Leah. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So as always, why don't we jump on in? Uh, so I understand you did your undergraduate at the University of Victoria. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. So I did a double major in biology and microbiology and kind of got the science bug during that time. Okay. And also your undergrad experience wasn't like most people's undergraduate experience, it wasn't just lectures and classes. You have mm -hmm. got to participate in a lot of co-ops. Could you please tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so uh, UVic and like a, a multitude of universities in Canada offer this great program called co-op. I'm pretty sure you Calgary has it as well, I should hope. Um, <laughs> uh, and so essentially, this program allows you to apply for positions. So you get to work on your resume, your cover letter, your interview skills. And during kind of the four months off, you would generally have for summer, you go work in labs instead of whatever else you might be doing. Okay, and is this, net, is this a mandatory requirement or was that just an optional that you could follow? Uh, so this was an optional thing from my program. So were these just labs in Canada or just at UVic or were there different places you got to travel and work, uh, different people you got to work with? Yeah, so you basically can apply for any of them. Um, they say what they want. I applied for a lot of things I wasn't actually qualified for. Um, and I actually got a lot of those positions, maybe because everyone else was also not qualified for them. Um, right. Some of the requests are like, you know, they want you to have years doing X scientific thing and you're like an undergraduate, so you don't have that sort of experience. Sure. But yeah, so I did, um, I actually did one in Lethbridge here in Alberta and that okay. was with um, agriculture and agri-foods. Okay. And then, yeah, I had one in BC in Nanaimo, and I actually got to do a couple international placements as well, which was awesome. So I had one in Switzerland doing biological arthropod control, uh, which was hey. essentially control, seeing if we could control invasive bugs with native bugs, and in some cases, other invasive bugs, but we only ever tried the like invasive versus invasive in the lab. And um, I also had a placement where I was in Tokyo, and that one was okay. like really far out of my wheelhouse so I I basically went on like oceanographic data collection trips and we would shoot like these little information gathering torpedoes into the ocean yeah like we went on these long boat trips Ooh, fun! yeah so it, it was a really cool experience um but yeah you'd shoot these like torpedoes or essentially probes into the water and they would collect information on like salinity temperature and that would tell you sort of like how the currents were shifting in a given area. Yeah. So it sounds like these lab works were quite different from one another. There wasn't always a common trend between them. Yeah, I, I kind of bounced all over the place, um, in part because I wanted to try new things and also because like I wanted to try living in Switzerland and in Tokyo. And then <laughs> my last one was in Australia and that's the one where I really got interested in like immunology in particular. So did you have a favorite part, like favorite experience here or were they all just kind of pick and choose good and bad parts about yeah I mean there were definitely like good and bad aspects of all of them like no, no job is perfect but 
I think the the last one, and maybe it is because I had more knowledge under my belt just from the, my university courses. By the, mm-hmm. by the time I did my final co-op, I really felt like intellectually engaged by it. Okay. Yeah, and that's sort of why I was like, I was already leaning towards immunology and it just helped convince me it was the right fit for grad school. And then uh, what inspired you to actually apply for University of Calgary? Initially, um, when I was on that last co-op, I did get offered a PhD position there. Wow. Um, which was great, yeah, and it was fully funded, but I don't Dang. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of made a risky decision there. So it was in cartilage regeneration, which is really interesting, but it's more like biotechnology than immunology. So I was like, yes. And then a week after saying yes to it, I was like, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> so that resulted in a little bit of an awkward conversation where I was like, I am going to go look at other opportunities. Okay. So yeah, so then I was initially looking at a program up at the University of Alberta because they have a, a program, a graduate program in experimental oncology. So okay. cancer research, essentially. Right. And I was doing like cancer immunology at the time and on that last position. But what I really liked about it was the immunology, not so much the cancer aspect. And then I looked at UCalgary and found that they have this microbiology, immunology, and infectious diseases program. Yeah, which is a pretty um, unique offering. And then looking at the principal investigators who were looking for students there. Actually, my PI, uh, Nathan, he did not have it on his profile that he was looking for students. <laughs> okay. But I, I don't know. What he was doing sounded really interesting to me. Uh, so in my actual research, I do leishmaniasis, which is uh, a parasitic disease, but it's transmitted through the bite of a sandfly. It could combine my immunology uh, research that I'd done in one of my co-ops with my sort of entomology insect research that I'd done in a different one. Oh, so yeah, those two come together. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Getting back to the, the PhD or the, the grad school conversation a bit, you, you started off as a master's student here. Is that correct? Or did you yeah. jump directly into PhD? So I started as a master's, but essentially when I first contacted uh, Nathan, my PI, I sent him a message and said, like, here's my resume. Here's what I'm interested in doing, like what I'm interested in about your lab. And I'm interested in doing a PhD. Okay. So when we first connected, it was already sort of on the table that like, yes, I'll start in the master's stream, but then I'm going to go through the transfer process. Like my original project idea was never going to be done in, you know, the two to three years of a master's. And then how did you transfer from your master's to PhD? Yeah, so there's a a pretty like straightforward path for people in like the MIID, like the Microbiology, Immunology, Infectious Diseases program. Okay. Um, So we, it's really clear uh, within the first year, you sort of need to, announce your intent and then I got lucky some people have to do two proposals but I only had to do one research proposal when I was in my program I just wrote like a PhD size one okay yeah and my committee was always apprised that I wanted to transfer so as long as you get that going in the first like year Mm -hmm. some people can stretch it out to two years though like they're kind of uh flexible about the timing okay Yeah, then you can start going through the process and you basically do like a meeting with your committee where you defend your project and say, this is how much I've done, this is what I want to do, and this is why I think it's PhD level. They can ask you some questions, almost like the rounds of questions you go through in 
uh, like our candidacy exams. So they sure. see if you're kind of on the whatever level they think you need to be on to actually do a PhD. Right, that you're aware of the, the background knowledge required in order to undertake the project. Yeah. And then I just want to touch back on your your research. Totally. Um, so I work with a disease called leishmaniasis. So the actual parasite that causes it is leishmania. Um, and so it's transmitted through the bite of infected sandflies. So they go in for like a blood meal on a mammal. So humans, rodents, dogs can be a huge reservoir for this disease. And they basically like barf it into the thing they're feeding on. Like it blocks their feeding ability. So they, they have to puke it up to eat. It is gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, essentially my research tries to understand um, when people get infected with this and there are different forms. So there's kind of a skin form um, that's known as the cutaneous form. There's a, a mucus form that's known as mucocutaneous. And then there's the uh, visceral form. So that attacks your organs. Um, and that's what results in the mortality we see with this disease. I work with the skin form, which causes essentially self-resolving skin lesions. So you get a skin lesion and it heals and it leaves a scar. Okay, that's bearable. It's bearable, yeah. I mean, in endemic regions, so this is something that kind of affects individuals in like South America, Africa, Southeast Asia, India. Like the, the sandfly likes it warm. It needs sure. to be somewhere like hot and humid, essentially. And so there can be a lot of social stigma if you get like facial scarring from this. But so the people who have those healed lesions, they stay infected. Okay, so it doesn't go away. Yeah, so the host immune system like can't actually clear it on its own. But what's interesting about those people is that if they get infected again, like another infected sandfly comes, tries to get that meal, they don't get the symptoms of the disease. They're essentially protected. So that seemed like very cool. We should be able to make a vaccine. And we actually don't have any human parasitic vaccines. Sure. So this seemed like really cool candidate for the first disease to do that. And people have been trying for like over 20 years now via like a, a multitude of different methods, but we haven't been able to make a vaccine. So in my work, I'm not trying to make a vaccine. I'm just trying to be like, why? Like, why is it so hard to make a vaccine? Okay. So a bit more on the background knowledge, what works, what doesn't work, or why doesn't it work? Yeah. So, so people who have this like chronic infection where they've resolved that first lesion, but they're still infected, but then they can't get reinfected. Like, what is it about their immune response that's so good? And how can we essentially then take that knowledge and turn that into a new vaccine strategy that will actually protect? Okay, so that's what you've been working on. And then I understand that uh, just lab work or just research is not, is not your limitation of your grad school experience. You're also involved in a lot of extracurricular activities, educational events, uh, science outreach, yeah, um, so I have been really fortunate. I've been able to do ITA in my program. So I TA for like the Bachelor of Health Science program. In one of their third year courses, I teach the lab section for MedSci 408. Yeah, so, so uh, there were other uh, aspects about, or uh, other venues for science outreach or educational events, such as Skype a Scientist, Pint of Science that you mentioned, and the Host Parasite Interactions program. Could yeah. you? talk briefly about those as well? Yeah, totally. Um, so Skype a Scientist, uh, this is actually like a plug for Skype a Scientist, because um, anyone in science can do it. Like computer science, I think as well, um, would totally qualify. So essentially, you, it's a, a nonprofit organization where on a website, you just put your information, like your expertise, what is my 
what am I comfortable teaching? Um, essentially like elementary to high school level children about. Um, you can also say that you're interested in teaching adults in like adult learning situations or in prisons, which is like a really cool initiative. Okay. Yeah, you can essentially say like, this is what I know about and I'm happy to share my knowledge. Sure. And then teachers have access to that list uh, and they, or whoever's organizing, you know, the yeah. adult learning events, et cetera. Um, and they can contact you and say, hey, like I would like someone to talk to X amount of individuals about this topic. And then you just go back and forth, pick out a date, and then you can Skype in with them. And I've done it a couple of times now and both of the experiences have been just excellent. Like I would really recommend it. Okay. And it's just, you can just Google Skype a scientist and sign up uh, the website that comes up. Mm -hmm. You can sign up uh, if you're a scientist. Yes. If you're a scientist and, but like, they're pretty open about that. Yeah. I know we're just kind of moving a bit forward here. Uh, so that was Skype a scientist. How about pint of science? What's that about? Yeah. So pint of science is another one of those uh, sort of more talking to the public events. And this one, it was going to be coming up. It was actually supposed to be this month in April, but since we are, you know, social distancing, they have rescheduled it for either September or October this year. So I can't put a plug for the exact date. Okay. But essentially it was a program that was started in the UK and they would just like pick a theme for an evening. This fall here in Calgary, it's going to be like the body is the theme. Okay. So I like, I do skin research. So I'm going to be talking about the skin in general, but then getting a little bit more specific, but still hopefully understandable to the public about my particular research. Okay, so this event is not necessarily for professionals in the field, it's for general public? Yeah, totally, it's for general public. So yeah, they have these evenings and starting in the UK, now it's spread all over the globe and you, they're often at breweries or at pubs. So that's why it's like a pint of science. Makes sense. Yeah, and then it's just like a nice casual environment where hopefully people feel like they can talk to experts in the field who are doing current research and really get a perspective of what's going on. Neat. Yeah, so people who are listening should check it out in the fall when it gets rescheduled. <laughs> yeah, just follow the website and look out for updates. Yeah. And then last but not least, we have host parasite interactions program at various locations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the host parasite interactions program is actually like a tri university thing. So it's like, it started at the University of Calgary um, and now it has Lethbridge and Alberta involved as well. Okay. And basically it's just like a group of the labs that do parasitic research and it's focused on like non-academic things. So we have a weekly seminar, but it's more focused on like interaction and professional development and providing the opportunity to do scientific outreach, like things you wouldn't get in a, your kind of like basic graduate program package they're trying to offer. All right. So that was host parasite interactions club. Um, and I kind of realized we we're getting near the end of our episode. Uh, did you have a final message that you wanted to share with our listeners? Yeah, um, I think that everyone should stay home right now, um, but just like stay curious and stay informed and get passionate about science. It's great. Thank you. Couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, and yeah, we are, um, are, some of our listeners may have noticed this is a bit different than our usual setup because we are practicing social distancing. I'm recording from my home. Leah is joining us from her home. And- uh, In a blanket for it. 
That's important to know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, very professional. Very professional. Exactly. This has been here at UCalgary. I'm your host, Zen Rizvi. Our guest today was Leah Homan. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye.